Welcome to the Authentic Deb Podcast. I'm Debbie and I'm your host for All Things Authentic. This podcast exists to bring people just like yourself from all over the world to share our stories, laugh at ourselves, and encourage each other along the way. Get ready to laugh, cry, and be empowered, but most of all to be you, because being you is enough. But basically, I'm going to tell you about my story, and when I looked at everything, I saw five main themes uh, throughout my life. If I sat and looked at the movie of my life, and it started out with being happy, and then wounded, then insecure, then courageous, and then inspiring slash empowering. And so when I looked at it, it kind of went in order almost. It actually did go in order, although I am happy. And my passion has always been to speak and to motivate and minister all over the world um, using my prophetic gifts to motivate, empower, and inspire others. And that's actually actually what I have on my desktop here when I wrote like a little mission statement for myself. So doing this challenge was good. The difficult part is going into seeing what makes Debbie Debbie at this point. So again, to inspire, my heart is to inspire people to live authentic lives and embrace who they are as unique and beautiful creations um, that God is pleased with and that loves, that they know that. Um, I believe that as I inspire people, then it empowers them to live out their dreams and their visions and, and take action and take risk and really show up for themselves and when you show up for yourself authentically, then you can show up forever. So that's really my passion to inspire. But I feel like inspire and empower are both. Now, do I use teaching gifts and all those things to make that happen? Sure. But at the end of the day, I want to inspire and empower people. So when I watched the movie of my life, there were top three themes, but I kind of lumped them together. So the first theme is uh, happy. It was happy. And let me find my notes here because I got these notes. So we're going to start with happy. So my, my themes were kind of happy. And then I grouped kind of wounded and insecure into that. And I'm going to make it all come together. And then uh, finding my voice at the end to really inspire and empower where I am now. So here's, here's what I mean by that. It's like story says give you supporting evidence. Okay, so when we're born... Uh, except for the trauma of the birth canal and everything, right? I'm just a kid. I'm, I'm happy. I'm full of life. I, I don't know any better. I don't know that farting is embarrassing or burping is embarrassing or, or you know what I mean? You're a kid and you just like, you're just going for it, especially when you're a baby. All you know is you're hungry or you're tired or whatever. And nobody, uh, in their right mind shames you for those things, right? You're a baby and you're you're making your needs known, right? You smile in your sleep, you burp, you fart, you do everything, you you learn to walk, you fall down, people cheer you, right? But so I was a happy kid. Love life. I remember my mom saying I was full of life. And um and it was magical. And then something changes, something insidious changes. And that could be because of life experiences as your child growing up. And I definitely have those, which I'm not going to get into. Uh, but the other thing that changes is all of a sudden, the older you, be you become, society, your, your parents, your school, your friends, 
culture, church, whatever, all of a sudden there's these chains to come on you, right? And all of a sudden, everything that you did naturally to express your emotions or everything else as a baby or a toddler, now it's wrong. Debbie, don't, don't burp. I'm just, I, I'm not even a burper, but I'm just saying, I'm, I can't think of what, don't do that. Don't do that. There's a lot of don'ts growing up. And so somewhere along the way, that happy little baby Debbie and toddler Debbie, uh, who was full of life, she still looked like she was full of life on the outside, but she became a wounded and insecure person under the weight of the world's expectations, under the weight of the world's judgments. And I don't really know where it started, but I stopped uh, seeing myself as okay, and I started to see myself as damaged, as not good enough. And I know people can relate to me with that. And I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to make this super long. Um, so somewhere along the way, without going into great detail, that happened. And it affected every area of my life. So key theme two in this challenge was, okay, what's the th second thing? I, like I said, I'm a rebel. I, I took insecure and wounded together because the woundedness that I went through and took upon myself bred insecurity. And so everything, everything I perceived in life, I was insecure about. You might not have seen that on the outside because I'm a jokester and everything, but I basically took everything inside. And children often do that. We take everything inside and we're super good actors and we're super good maskers of trauma, even from ourselves, like that self-protective mechanism. And so there was a lot of behaviors I took on that might have served me as a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or whatever, but then going into your adult life, and you've probably heard that before, they don't serve you any longer, right? So especially me, I became very boisterous, very, um, in childhood, very sarcastic. Um, for me, it was a way to survive. If I can get you back with a, with a little jab or whatever, then um, I can... I can deflect uh, things. And so even though I was an outgoing kid, uh, it's like nobody knew. I know somebody relates to this. Nobody knew how insecure I really was on the inside, totally insecure. Even though I had gifts, even though I was a good athlete, even though I had all these things, I like hid it from myself and hid it from others because the risk of putting myself out there and suffering um, outward rejection was too much. So I just did the bare minimum. I didn't really live life. If I don't want to live in regret, but because everything that I did leads me to where I am now, but there's certainly things that sometimes I'll look back on and go, wow, almost like what you missed, what I missed out on because I wasn't fully living, but you wouldn't have known that probably from the outside. You might've thought that I was funny. You might've thought I was sarcastic. You might've thought that I was unapproachable, which is hysterical. But again, I built up a wall around myself so that I wouldn't have to get hurt. So the very thing I craved, which was deep, intimate friendships, I had friends, I had acquaintances, but those things I really craved, uh, they really weren't ever there. And I would look at everybody else in high school or whatever as seeing like they have 
what I want. And that went into my adult life. Hey, Emma, so I overcame a lot by sarcasm and laughter. I was always the one with the quickest comeback. And I would leave you with the impression that nothing really bothers me. So you could pick on me. Like as a kid, they always called me Debbie Don't because I was always getting in trouble. And my friends had kind of meant it as a joke. So it was like, Debbie Don't, Debbie Don't. And even if I didn't do anything, they would say Debbie Don't. And I would laugh. But inside, it hurt like crazy. I remember even in high school, something about, uh, oh, in basketball, you know how they have the the pads up behind the, the the basket. So if you're doing a layup and you run into the wall, it's soft. Well, I was somewhere and I thought that those were pads. So I was joking around during warmups and I go, Oomph, and I go push into it. And it was just a painted raised wall and there was no padding there. So everybody thought it was funny and it, it was, but then for the rest of high school, they called me Debbie Dupus. I said, you laugh cause you know, but you know what it hurt. But I couldn't tell them, hey, you guys are really, I was not courageous enough. And, and high school kids are mean. I was not courageous enough to say that's, that's, can we leave that go? That happened sophomore year. I'm a senior now. You know, I wasn't courageous enough to say, but see, I'm 57 and I still remember that. Now I'm not going to cry about it or anything, but I remember that. So I took those things with me. And so I was always fun, Debbie, and da, 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 da. But inside I was a really insecure a wounded person who just wished that somebody could see me for me and wished that I could see myself for me. So moving into phase three, there's lots of things that get me to where I am today. But I found courage. Uh, I, I found God. And then in between all of that, I started to grow. And then I came out as a gay Christian woman, which was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, leaving my marriage, all the shame and the guilt that went with that, it was horrendous. I, I mean, people came in and told me my, that I was going to hell, that my son was going to be mentally ill, and it would be all my fault, um, all of these things. And so I love my son, son uh, ferociously, and he knows he's loved, but I also raised him with an element of fear because in the back of my head, all those words, again, from other people, other people's expectation from church, other people's expectation from political agendas. Can I love God and be gay? All of that. It was kind of like the, the defining moment that forced me almost to really start to heal up these wounds and these insecurities and to find my voice, which is, which is where I am now. Not that I hadn't been doing the work before, but now especially. So I raised Benjamin, who's now 32, under a, an intense cloud of love, but also an intense cloud of fear. Fear of other people's opinions, fear about what my gayness had done to him, fear about him ending up in a mental institution because people put those word curses on me. This is the fear I lived with on top of just dealing with the extreme insecurity of who I was as a child of God. It was huge. I was so uh, freaked out that I remember um, after I uh, left my marriage, I would see if I saw anybody from my old church or anything, I would run down the other aisle, like in store, like I didn't want to be seen. I thought, what is this, you know, at the time, 30 something year old woman doing running away from people in a store? I was so wounded and I was 
it just caused me to turn around and say that I needed to look at myself outside of what anybody else thought of. And that's why I'm authentic Deb now. Do I still struggle with things? Of course, we all do. But my passion to be myself and accept me as God accepts me uh, started to heal all of those things. Um, it took me years to share any of my music because I was scared that as soon as people found out I was gay, that then they would discount the gift of the worship anointing that is on me because I'm a worship leader and a, and a singer songwriter. And so for the longest time, except for leading worship at church, I, even though I had people say, you should record, you should record. I didn't because I was worried that they would find out I was gay. So I lived under the shadow. So coming out as a gay woman and a Christian on top of that really was like the catalyst to deal with that first part of the movie of my, of my life and how it had um, stepped into the rest of me. Oh, this thing is way longer now. I don't know how long this thing was supposed to be. But so basically, I'm going to wrap it up with that. So I've come full circle in that my passion is to let people know that you are okay exactly as you are. Uh, your character refinement is between you and God. And you are unique. You are uniquely created. God is recklessly and crazy in love with you. And I often say, and I say it to myself, there is nothing I can do to screw that up. Do I have things in my own character and personality that I want to work on? Of course. But what I really want people to know is that they can be you because you are enough, which is the whole premise of my authentic Deb um, business is to inspire and to teach and to use the gifts that I have to inspire and motivate others. So with that, I'll let you go. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Authentic Deb Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and connect with me at AuthenticDeb.com. There you can book a session with me and request to be a guest on the show. So until next time, this is Authentic Deb signing out. And remember, be you because being you is enough.